Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about Botox and other enhancing treatments, cosmetic procedures. But first, a little catching up. G, what's going on? Oh, boy. So much is going on. And and you and I have talked about this off the podcast. Uh, I'll just go ahead and, and say a little bit here. Not a whole lot, but I'm definitely having a struggle with one of my children, which just to keep things private and to kind of protect them a little bit, I won't say who it is. Although if you've been listening for a while, you can probably deduce which child of mine is giving me the issues. Just extreme defiance and... um I think it stems from some anxiety and anger issues, hitting, kicking, stuff that we've never had to deal with before. And here we are. So we're trying to get through that, figuring out how to work together as parents. We've hired now two parenting coaches slash counselors. I have my first meeting with one today and hopefully Nick can join me. Well, yeah, it's imperative that he joins me, but I'm just hoping the kids go to bed well. So it's at 830 tonight, actually. Um, So I'm just hoping that they're asleep. And we can get on that call. Anyway, more to come on that. Maybe one day we'll do an episode on kind of, uh, you know, uh, our lowest low and then how we got to our highest high, right? I'm hoping that there's an end to this story and it's a positive one. And I'm assuming that will be the case. So more to come on that. I did end up having to quit my class, my motivational interviewing class, because it was just too much at this point. That's how much of a struggle this has been on our entire family. And and it's okay. I'm okay with that. If that if that was what I had to do to keep our our life together and our family sane and me sane, it was it was worth it. I have I can take that class anytime. No big deal. Uh, let's see. Oh, and this is so random. Okay, so our oh my gosh, so much crap has been happening lately. So I don't know if I said this. I think I did, but then our that right before we left for home. So remember last time when we went on vacation last year in 2020, on our way home, we lost the tire and it flew oh, off our car. Yes, that was the best story. <laughs> Okay. So well, thankfully no one died, which oh, is a miracle. But uh, right when we, before we got in the car, Nick, who was already in pain the whole week, poor guy, his watch fell off of his wrist and it shattered his Apple watch. Did I tell you that story? Yes. Okay. He told me it shattered. That was it. It shattered. So he had to get a new one. He ended up getting me a new one, which was I was kind of annoyed about because I don't need a new one, but I guess it was BOGO, whatever. I'm thankful. Okay. So I didn't wear it for a few days. I, I was kind of lazy about reconnecting it. I'm just like, whatever. I don't even, I, it was kind of nice not having a watch. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, so I finally connected my watch and synced it or whatever you do. And I put it on and I realized that I don't want to look at my rings all day. So I found a face on my watch where the rings don't show. And I've been using it for about a week now. And I will say it is very freeing. And I don't think I'll ever go back. Good. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a self-care move that I've made and I'm quite enjoying it. <laughs> I do now. I do still, you know, click on the workout when I'm doing a workout so I can track my workout. And I do look at my rings at the end of the day just out of curiosity, but I don't let it, you know, um, interfere with my life or sort of guide me in what I do or don't do throughout the day, which I think it is what it was doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Good. What about you? Anything new? I, you know, nothing major. It, I'm sure it's the same there. What time does it get dark in the summertime? Ugh, it's the worst. Like, like nine o'clock <laughs> and ten. It's between nine and ten. It's 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 probably more like ten o'clock. Yeah, it's actually dark. Yeah, same. It's ugh, us East Coasters, right? Like it's it's dark. It does not get dark till real late. Anyway, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's that or just the kids are getting older, but. We seem to have shift bedtime, shifted bedtime. It used to like be seven, then it was seven thirty, then it was eight. Now it's like eight thirty, mm-hmm. and I'm just finding that I need me time after the kids are in bed. So between summer and all of that, it's just resulted in me being up slightly later. So like my getting in bed at ten is now more like ten thirty. I don't know. It's just hard. I, it stresses me out a bit not to have my balance each day of like kid free, just veg on the couch or do whatever I want time, uh, which is also my blog time. And so everything's just kind of gotten a little more chaotic in the evenings and I'm just feeling stressed. So I (laughs) somewhat related and somewhat unrelated went ahead and looked at my work schedule and just scheduled off a bunch of like random PTO, including my birthday, uh, which is next Friday. Yeah. I just I think I need that sanity for the summer and just trying to soak up summer before it's gone. So I'm just trying to be very intentional. I've hoarded my PTO like all year and I need to stop being a little like, you know, hibernating mammal about PTO and just like let it go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> stop hoarding the PTO. Um Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just so just trying to soak up summer. I'm even doing a bit more running because I do miss it. I was struggling with tendonitis for a while and I leave work and it's just gorgeous out. It makes me want to quit my job and never look back, even though I love my job. It's just very hard to be inside when it's so gorgeous out. Um, And I also am having trouble justifying going to my basement to Peloton when it's so beautiful. So anyway, all of that. So not a whole lot. That's why um, you should work out in the morning when it's dark oh, and gloomy. Oh my gosh, Gina, I did this morning. I was thinking of you and I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. And it wasn't even that early. I was just able to, I had some flexibility in my work schedule and some comp time that I just snuck in like a late, okay, it wasn't late morning, but like a not 5 a.m. workout. Um, <laughs> it's it's just not my time, but that's okay. Once in a while. It does feel good. My body just doesn't love it. Um, And then also send us your Q&A questions. So we have our next Q&A in July. I posted on my Insta stories last night uh, asking. I already got a couple great questions. So if you have some questions, just be sure to send those in. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So uh, before we begin, just a quick favor to ask if you like this podcast Please write us a review, review on reviews on iTunes are everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So of course we'd appreciate it. All right, Gina, before we hop into the topic today, two questions for you are, did you, have you ever been more excited about an episode topic? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, have I ever been more excited? Ooh, I probably have <laughs> been more excited, okay. but I'm definitely excited for this one. Yes. Okay. I can't even name you which one I was more excited about, but I feel like I have. Okay, fair. And then other question. Somebody said to me, you really are going to talk about that on the podcast? Isn't that kind of like private information? How d- is this oh. private information? Do you have any reservations about sharing your cosmetic surgery procedure like history with people? I am a very open person and I always have been like I I am o- almost to a fault very open about 
everything that I do and that I am. So this does, I have no reservations about it whatsoever. Uh, but I can see how some people might not want to talk about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Same. Absolutely same. And I think once we hopefully get through today, hopefully Gina and I can offer like a fairly balanced and I would say pretty moderate approach to um, cosmetic kind of procedures. I think people, when they hear Botox, they think like, you know, just big, juicy, like fish lips that just look completely (laughs) unnatural. And I think that is just anything but the truth. So be sure when this goes live to check out our Instagram. I am planning to share my before and afters to really kind of um, just show you what we're talking about today. Um, So to kind of just start us off, uh, some statistics. So according to the annual plastic surgery procedural statistics, because those are out there, there were 17 and a half million surgical and minimally invasive cosmetic procedures performed in the U.S. in 2017 which is only a 2% increase over 2016. But those same stats also revealed that Americans are turning to new and innovative ways to shape their bodies as minimally invasive cosmetic procedures have increased 200% since 2000. So the procedures, like the surgery side of things is a slow growth, whereas this minimally invasive um, kind of more cosmetic procedure is booming. Um, so looking at surgery, so there were 1.8 million cosmetic surgical procedures performed and the top five were breast augmentation, Mm -hmm. liposuction, nose reshaping, eyelid surgery, Mm. interesting, Interesting. and then tummy tucks. And tummy tucks are actually on the rise again. I I read that while researching for today. Um, Would facelift be on this on this list? I mean, would it fall? Because I feel like that's a really common one too. Would that be a a plastic surgery procedure? I feel like it would be. Yes, but not the surprise spot on there. Yeah, eyelid surgery. Really? That's interesting. Well, that you know what my mom always says she wants to have something done to her eyelids. I'm always like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that is interesting that she's clearly not the only one. I I don't know. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Um, well, other than surgical, so cosmetically, minimally um, invasive procedures, cosmetic procedures, there were 15.7 million performed in 2017, with the top five being Botox as number one, mm-hmm. uh, soft tissue fillers. So um, I think of cheeks and lips. Do you think of anywhere mm-hmm. else? Yeah. Uh, I think you can, all, there's so many places you can get it. I feel like you can also like get it in your... Um, like your chin, but yeah, I think those would be the top ones that I think of your cheeks, your lips, like around those, uh, like parentheses around your face that you always see when you go into the dermatologist's office, those pictures of before and after. And then you're like, Oh man, why do they have to show you that? Because now it's all I look at when I see my face. So annoying. Okay. The parentheses. parentheses, Yes. Learn something new all the time. All right. Chemical peel was number three, Mm -hmm. laser hair removal, number four, and number five was microdermabrasion. Okay. All very interesting. So first, let's just kind of start by discussing our daily skincare routines. What yeah. all is involved in your routine? Okay. Wake up, do my workout, get in the shower. I have a vitamin C uh, treatment. This is an oil, I guess, that I put on. It's from The Ordinary Co. And I will put the link in the show notes. Then I kind of let it dry a little bit. Then I use my tinted sunscreen, which I use all year round, not just in the summer. I use it all year. And I will also put that in the show notes. It's eltamd.com. I got it on Amazon though. And then once a week I do, I'm sorry. Then I do my makeup. All good. uh, After that. 
And my makeup is very minimal. I'm not even going to go into that. At night, though, when I'm taking off my makeup before I go to bed, once a week, I do a Mary Kay deep cleansing charcoal mask for essentially blackheads, which I don't have that many, but I mean, it's still, it's, it feels good. And then I do a Neutrogena Hydro Boost cleansing foam on my face. And then I use prescription retinol and Neutrogena Hydro Boost with hyal- hyaluronic acid lotion on my face. So basically it goes Neutro, or I'm sorry. Um, oh, did I say that right? I do the Aveeno. I'm sorry. I said Neutrogena Hydro Boost. That is the lotion that I use. I said that wrong. I use a cleanse, a cleanser, which honestly, it varies depending on what, what's available at the store, but usually it's a vino. Then I use the Neutrogena Hydro Boost, which is a lotion. Then once that dries, I use the prescription retinol, which is tretinoin, which I got prescribed for my uh, dermatologist. And that is my routine. Retinol around the eyes or everywhere? It is really everywhere. I put it all over my face, but especially, I actually started it for acne around my chin. And it has been really helpful for that. But they said you could use it everywhere. So I use it on my neck and I use it on my, around my face. I will say I only do that every other day. I do it on my chin every day, but on my, my whole face and neck every other day or every other other day because it's pretty potent stuff. Mm-hmm. Expensive too, right? It's actually not when you get a prescription. I think I paid $10 for, I don't know, maybe a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're much... You're a better woman than I. I use, because <laughs> I shower at night, I use Clean and Clear um, in the shower for no particular reason. Just it's also my makeup remover. Yeah, um, that's great. Okay. That's great. I don't know. That's it's fine. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, I will say, I will say actually, because I forgot to say that I use eye um, mascara remover. I don't use much eye makeup. I just put a little bit of mascara on. But last time I went to get my eyes checked, my uh, the eye doctor told me that I'm not taking my eye makeup off well enough which is crazy because I barely use any. So I've been using now eye makeup remover. So you might want to consider that because I know you use eyeliner as well. Mm-hmm. And I just use mascara. So you might want to consider actually getting a makeup, uh, eye makeup remover. Okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we'll consider in my lazy routine. Um, <laughs> I have in the past year or two started with the Mary Kay TimeWise Repair Volume Firm uh, Serum. Follow. Yeah, that's right. The serum followed by the TimeWise Age Minimizing 3D Night Cream, both uh, mm-hmm. Mary Kay products. Um, I have a friend that works for Mary Kay and trust her wholeheartedly. And so that was the regimen. I was like, what can a really lazy person commit to? And this was the <laughs> concoction that she made for me. So nice. that's that's my um, that's my routine there. I will occasionally also use the Mary Kay charcoal mask. I really like their charcoal mask. I do too. I it's smooth. They have it comes with a little like brush that you can use to put it on. Although I don't always use it, I I do really like it too. A couple guys from hockey, I've done the charcoal mask with. Um, yeah, it's always a good time. Good pictures. Um, <laughs> good <laughs> hockey tournament memories. Um, okay, so we have experience with Disport and Botox. What are the major differences? And I'll go ahead and answer this because I actually looked it up because I didn't know you having experience with Disport and me with Botox. But according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, the FDA has approved the use of Botox for frown lines and crow's feet while Disport, and then I don't know how to pronounce this, Zeomin, it's spelled X-E-O-M-I-N, which is, I don't know, a trademarked name, are approved for frown lines only. I don't know. Interesting. So it's- <laughs> Because an- I definitely get it for crow's feet. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. So I guess it's considered off-label to use it elsewhere, but- 
I can tell you coming from a medical field, we use stuff off-label all the time and it's great. Um, So like I said, I only have experience with Botox and in my last treatment, I got 38 units and I am really happy with the results. And I'll, like I said, I'll share the before and afters on um, our Instagram, but I I got it in my corrugators and also my crow's feet. What about you? Oh, and I'll I'll go on about corrugators later. So another difference between the two. So they're both essentially the same. They're they're saying they're both the botulinum, whatever it is. It's just the different brand name essentially is is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, At least that's what I've been told. Now, another difference is that with Dysport, you do need to get more units. So Dysport ends up being less expensive per unit because you have to get more. So for example, I get 80 units and I get it in the same place you do, but I get 80 units because it's Dysport. But it's the same amount of injections it ends up being because I've asked all these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think the reason I chose Dysport, the first time I actually went to get this done, I was going to a wedding in like three days and I said, which one kicks in faster? Mm-hmm. And she said Dysport. But I also remember my mom getting Botox many years ago and having a bad reaction to it. So I always was kind of p- turned off by it and a little bit anxious that I would have the same reaction. So that was another uh, reason why I, I chose Dysport instead. How how long till Dysport is kind of full effect? Uh, pretty quickly. I would say two days. Oh, nice. Okay, Botox is closer to two weeks. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely quicker with Dysport, I would say. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what problem areas were you aiming to address when you pursued Botox Dysport for the first time? And how long have you been receiving treatments? Yeah. So when you say frown lines, I, mm-hmm. what, where are your frown lines? Because when you frown, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to think where. Those so it's are. either what's called the 11s, which is kind of the two vertical lines right above your yeah. eyebrows, or in my case, the butt, which is the <laughs> the 11s come together for a deeper, more aggressive. Um, <laughs> okay, I had crease. the 11s. You had the butt. Yeah, I have a butt for sure. Okay. okay so yes, and I wouldn't even call them frown lines because I don't frown a lot. I'm a very smiley person, so I don't love that term, but. You, you call them corrugators. That's what they are, right? Yeah. So you have muscles right above your eyebrows that just naturally move, right? Like everybody has them. Some people have them more than others. Do they use them more? Ha <laughs> ha, debatable. Um, but um, <laughs> in the case of me, probably. Um, so I have some very strong corrugators, I've been told. Um, okay. But those are the muscles that kind of pinch the forehead together when you're making certain facial expressions. And it's, it's things as simple as like raising your eyebrows, kind of like, huh? And mm-hmm. like resting, you know what face? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I was told it's cute that I spell curse words on the on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so we'll go with you know what. Um, but yeah, the the elevens are the the butt. I'm sure there's a technical term for the butt, but I'm gonna go yeah. with that. <laughs> but we can visualize it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was, <laughs> and I was addressing my elevens for sure. I. Actually, I can specifically remember the first time I saw one of my friends after she got Botox and I was like, wow, that looks amazing. I have to get that. And I never had even considered Botox before. I thought I'm too old. But then I started talking to some of my friends and they had started when they were 25, 30. And here I was 36. And I'm like, well, you said too old. You mean too young? I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I I thought I'm too young to get this. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, but they were saying that they had started as, you know, age 25, 30. And I'm like, not to say that I, I'm not a follower. I I don't have to get it because they're getting it done. But I just thought, you know what? I've never liked these little creases between my eyes. 
I, why don't I do something about it? You know, I, I, I don't, I think to each their own, you do you. And that's what I wanted to do. And I also decided to do my crow's feet. This was actually after a year of doing. So when I turned 37, I started to do my crow's feet as well. And that was really, and this is terrible from, <laughs> I would just see pictures and like, you know, it, it's not that many more units. Why not tag that on? Mm-hmm. And mine lasts for a good four months, if not a little bit more. So I'm only going in three times a year. Yeah. Um, I had started well, and I'm a, I am a few years younger than you, Gina. You are. <laughs> um, okay, not much, but I'll be 36 next week. Yeah. Um, I, I started to notice it in pictures, my butt, and <laughs> the one on my face. Um, and <laughs> then I mentioned it to my mom one morning because I talked to her every, and she, my mom, she's lover. She'll, she'll get mad at me for saying this, but she said, Botox, why don't you take care of the mole on your face first? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Noted. So I promptly <laughs> scheduled a um, consult for a, a large growing mole on my like jawline. And it was a fairly, I think I talked about on the podcast at whatever point that was, it was probably six, eight months ago now. It was, it was fairly traumatic to have. I mean, it was a slice. Oh, like yeah. I left the, it was done at the plastic surgeon's office. Um, actually the same medical spy go to for Botox um, and other stuff. But um. I had like the football, you know, like the football laces, like is in stitches. I was like, mm. whoa, I thought I was getting like some super glue and you're leaving. I look like Frankenstein. Like it was, <laughs> I was not ready for it at all. Um, and it's weird to walk around with a bandaid on your face. Yeah. Um, so I took care of the mole and then in the process got the Botox um, consult uh, to address the corrugators. And then I later addressed the crow's feet as well. So for me, the corrugators are where the bulk of those 38 units go. And to me, 38 units, it sounds like a lot from when I started. I think the first time I got Botox, it was like nine units. It didn't do anything. Those puppies are strong on my face. So then we upped it and upped it. And um, so I think I've had three treatments over the past eight months and was pretty underwhelmed in the beginning. Um, They said you may not like feel like your full face like movement. I don't feel anything like that. Again, I'm not real observant when it comes to my body. So um, somebody recently said, like, try and frown. And they were like, oh, yeah, it doesn't move a whole lot. But it's nothing that looks unnatural, I would say, um, right. which which is what I was going for. So I, I started slow and I was glad that I went that way. But it did take me several. It took a, a while to get it right, I guess you could say. Um, but after doing my corrugators a time or two, I did start, I, I guess I understand where people say Botox can be addictive because there's always going to be things that you want to change. Right. And so that's yeah. when I did do the crow's feet and to your point, Gina, they take, it's like two little units. I'm like, well, that was easy. And, um, yeah, we'll talk pain in the next question, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you talk about, you talked about cost? No, yeah, that's, so, that's the, oh, did I? No, it's in the next question. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're right. <laughs> I've jumped so, ahead. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, so talking costs, convenience, and pain, mm-hmm. go for it, Gina. Yeah. So again, with with Disport, you get more units, but it costs less. So where yours is $10 a unit, uh, where I go, and this is actually cheap, which is one of the reasons why I do it. This place I go to, if you live in Columbus, I'll put a link in our show notes. It's called Anne Therese Aesthetic Medicine. They are amazing. And the cheapest Botox slash Disport I've ever been able to find. And I've called plenty of places. And when I say cheap, I should just say it's, it's just a good, I don't, I hate to say cheap because it just, it's just a good price uh, and it's still not cheap. 
So three fifty a unit. The cheapest I've ever heard is four dollars a unit. So I think they do a pretty good job. Plus they have a lot of specials and lots of fun things where you can get actually even cheaper than that. I end up paying about three hundred dollars per visit or or less. And again, it's every four months. Uh, as far as pain, I don't find it very painful. But here's a tip: if you are interested in getting Botox or Dysport or fillers. Don't do it around your period because I will tell you the last time I got uh, Dysport, it hurt exponentially more than ever before. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but this hurts. And she said, are you on your period? And I said, yes. And she said that your pain receptors are apparently just more active when you're menstruating or like three or four days beforehand. So I'll never book it around that time again. I, I just, I really definitely, I definitely noticed that. Uh, but otherwise it's not that painful. It's true. It's a little bit uncomfortable, but I hate needles too. I mean, I absolutely hate them, but it's really not that bad. In fact, I don't even get the numbing and I got the numbing one time and I felt like, felt like it made it worse for me. I just felt numb on my face. It just felt weird. So I just go straight in. But again, not when I'm on my period uh, or not three to four days before my period. I've learned. Yeah. So you said it, Gina, but I pay $10 a unit. And even if there's specials or whatnot, I, I can't get, I seem to get it any cheaper than that. And I would say just if you're curious, the going rate kind of depending on where you live, cost of living wise through the US, 10 is cheap. Um, 15 is closer to average, I would say. Wow. Um, 12, 12 to 15. Um, so 10 is cheap. So it's about 380 every three months that I'm kind of anticipating. I have learned two things though. Um, higher intensity exercise, your body just kind of processes through the Botox more quickly. So you may require more frequent treatments. And I have noticed that. So I'm not sure that I will get a full three months. It may be closer to two and a half. That said, I don't go, you don't go from like no butt on your face to full on like peach mode. Right. So it's like a slow dwindle. Um, so you kind of, you, you can kind of see when you're ready to go back in and it's, you know, it's nothing I would say overly dramatic. I'm not like embarrassed to go to work if I need Botox. So I shouldn't say need. Yeah. Want Botox. Need <laughs> is not the right word here. Right. Um, so and I do very high intensity exercise. So I think for that reason, um, there's that. That said, your muscle memory starts to go over time because my corrugators are immobilized some. Um, I can over time, it's potential that there's potential that I can go longer between treatments um, and get the same effect. As far as pain, I'm I'm probably a bit more of a baby than you, Gina. Um, and I do find the corrugators to be far, the forehead, far more painful. I shouldn't say far more. More painful, unpleasant, like you said, is probably more the term than the crow's feet. I think of the crow's feet being like really tender skin and so close to the eye. I was expecting those to hurt badly, but it's yeah. just so just not deep that, you know, because your eye's right there. It's just right below the skin. It's yeah. not a big deal at all. Um, yeah. So crow's feet, I would say no biggie at all. The corrugator is a little bit less pleasant. I do use the numbing cream. They kind of provide me with a syringe um, and just some uh, like a filled syringe. It's like a creamy off-white colored junk that they give you. And then you just put some saran wrap over the top and refrigerate it. I just rub a bit on as I'm heading to my appointment. It looks like I just have like a greased up forehead. Or, oh. And they do offer when I come in like an ice pack. Um, I'm always like embarrassed to sit in the waiting room because it's also like a dermatology office. Like there's a lot of like really old people in the waiting room and I don't want to like hold a ice pack to my face. So when I get back in the room, I will. And it's, I, I'm sure my face is always like red and splotchy when I'm like checking out, but I just schedule it for the end of the day and it's fine. It's right across yeah. the street from my office. 
Um, okay, but I did recently a friend sent me videos of leap lip and cheek fillers mm. and it looked so painful. I uh, I don't yeah. I don't want it, at least not at this time, and I'm not sure I could do it after seeing those videos. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard mm, I've talked to some people. I yeah, we can talk about that because I I have considered lip injections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sound so vain. But yeah. we're being honest. We're being honest. It's a bigger needle. That's that's the bottom oh. line. It's a bigger needle. And that's why it looks funkier. And they really have to press in there to get it in. And, and your and lips I, are very tender. I deal with needles all day. I have no problem poking other people. Don't want it in my yeah. face. All right. So what other skincare or anti-aging treatments have you had performed? And what were your experience and results with those? Yeah. So I spent way too many years going to a tanning bed and I regret it. Obviously, I would say I have very much damaged my neck. Actually, my face. I usually when I went to the tanning bed, I don't know why I was so smart, but I would cover my face. I never would tan my face. So I I thank my lucky stars for being that smart as a naive high schooler. But I never covered my neck. You know, your neck, your decolletage has very thin, fragile skin. So I would say my neck, as far as uh, your neck gives away your age, basically, I think my neck looks like a 50 year old neck. It is very it's got like these deep in indentions from just tanning sun, sun dam. It's very sun damaged. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do microneedling and I'm going to see if it helps. And so where I go and Therese, they do they recommend doing three sessions one month apart. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. And they have this special where if you sign up for this thing called the Atox Club, you get Dysport for $2.75 a unit for an entire year. That's 75 cents off per unit and a free microderma, or I'm sorry, uh, microneedling. So I decided to sign up for that. I got my first microneedling last month. Essentially what it is, is they use this tiny, they use this pen that's almost, I would say like an EpiPen and it has 15 tiny little needles at the end of it. So where an EpiPen would have one needle, this one had 15 tiny little needles around it. They numbed my chest and I, and they left it on for about 20 minutes. They came in, they, they got the pen started and they just almost like a razor, like pressed against my chest back and forth, back and forth all around the area for about five for eight minutes, I would say, and did it for, yeah. So did that back and forth, back and forth. It was kind of loud, just a little bit of pressure. Honestly, didn't hurt at all. Maybe just a little bit uncomfortable. And what it's supposed to do is stimulate collagen production. So over the the next, you know, three to four weeks, I should be noticing, uh, you know, basically the, the lines on my neck and the indentations just improving. And I will say, say I have already noticed a difference and it's only been a week. Uh, it, it was very red at first, very red. It looked like I had a really nasty sunburn. In fact, we went to someone's house that night and I had to wear my, I put on a dress and, and Paige was like, do not wear that basically. Cause my neck looked <laughs> absurd. So I put on another dress that kind of hid my neck a little bit more, uh, but I do have to get another one in, uh, J- August or July. And then another one in August or September. So month to month, back to back. So it will end up costing around a grand for all three treatments total. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm sorry, it won't because I'm getting the one for free. So I'll pay about $600. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giving it away. No, I'm just kidding. I totally want microneedling. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, trust me. I'm already addicted. I want to do it on my face. And this is like down the road. It just gives me an idea of what I might want to do mm-hmm. later because it's minimally invasive. They're not injecting anything. 
they're really just stimulating collagen production. There's no that I'm aware of. They're not injecting anything. They're no. just it's just doing I don't know how it works. Magic science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just using those little needles to stimulate collagen production. So I hey, what what could what's not to like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and I think you mentioned it, Gina, but they, uh, these spas will often do like sales because they're suckers like you and me all over the place, um, mm-hmm. so, which is how I got stuck. I shouldn't say stuck. That's how I got roped into microdermabrasion, which I actually really enjoyed. I went for the first time um, just a week or two ago, same place. And microderm abrasion is basically like a removal of dead skin and fine hair on your face. Um, and I was sure to ask, unlike, you know, when you start, start shaving your legs, it comes back kind of like faster and furious, um, more mm-hmm. furious. And I was yes. like, is it, am I going to be like wolf woman, like in a couple of treatments? <laughs> and she's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It's like, oh, good. Cause that's not what I want. Um, but it was, I find facials to be very uncomfortable actually, um, with the heat and the, the moist heat. I, I don't enjoy facials to me. This was like my kind of facial just, um, they kind of take a little like, it's a razor, but it's it's closer to dummy proof. Like she's not going to slice my face open and kind of removes that dead hair and skin. And I was amazed at like what she pulled. And then they use like this little vacuum to like clean out your pores really good. And the, the goal mm. is really that you can then um, your skincare products just work all the better. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's I would say it was more relaxing than anything. It's probably like the cheapest service you can have at one of these. I think it was like $50 and it was oh, nice. like 45 minutes. So I, I would say, oh, wow, I would. Yeah, it's more like a massage for your face that has some. Yeah, I thought I found it very enjoyable. And yeah, I don't know. OK. Um, And then laser hair removal. I actually did that several years ago at the same spa again, and I was doing it on my bikini line. I did have a consultation first because I do have very naturally blonde hair. Um, not that that hair is that blonde, but um, to give <laughs> that <laughs> hair. <laughs> oh man, my poor father-in-law. Okay, so and, it's dark. Oh my gosh, she not. I don't know dark, this. but I am a very pale person. So I think it's laser hair removal works because there's a contrast between your skin color and the hair color your skin needing to be lighter than the hair. So it's picking up on that difference in, in okay. tone, right? So yes. I was led to believe that there was enough of a difference in the colors that it it would potentially be successful. Well, lo and behold, after a couple of treatments, it just wasn't. Um, okay. And I found it to be really, really painful. Uh, okay, not really, really. To me, it was the anticipation of the laser. It was like you're sitting there in an already like, uncomfortable right very vulnerable situation position and you're like just waiting it's like somebody snapping a rubber band like at your hoo-ha right like it's just (laughs) not my idea of fun I guess is what I would say Um, yeah so I would not like it yeah not worth it to me don't care like then again I do have blonde hair so it's it's one of those things or (laughs) lightish um if I had really dark hair like if I was somebody who had excessive hair growth like on my face or my arms or just an area, even my legs, and I thought that that might be successful, I would I would consider for sure. I was probably just the wrong candidate, but I did want to mention it because we're talking about all the things today. So, sure. um, all right. So for the future, you've mentioned a couple things, but yeah. what other enhancements, if any, are you considering? I shouldn't say enhancements, procedures, enhancements. Sure. Yeah. And I know I'm going to sound incredibly vain here, but here I go. I would like to do a chemical peel. 
Mm-hmm. They, I, I, especially on my neck, and and they did because I asked them, what would you suggest, a chemical peel or micro needling? And they suggested for for me the the micro needling, but they said to maybe follow it up later with a chemical peel. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know much about that, but I I have heard that they are just really really nice, and that they do a lot to enhance the smoothness and texture of your face, and in my case, my neck. Okay, I'm also and listen. I am not, when I see women with lip injections, especially when they go overboard, like some of the women that work where I, where I go, I'm like, I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> I, I do. I'm not trying to change the way I look. I have always had thin lips and a small mouth and it has always bothered me. Not enough where I'm like, like really it affects my life, but I don't see anything wrong with on my 40th birthday, treating myself to to, to lip injections. And when I say lip injections, I am talking, and I've already had the discussion with a lady that I love where I go. And I said, I don't want a full, I don't want a full like vial of injections. I want it to be so subtle that basically only I notice it. In fact, I did once get a lip flip, which is when they put a little bit of disport right above your lip. And it does, I will say, it, here's the thing. I don't do it still because it only lasts a month because with all the talking that I do, it just basically goes away after a month. It's just not worth it to me to keep going back every month. But that subtle just improvement of just a little bit more lip showing, I would that I told her that would be all I wanted. So even if it's maybe just like a fourth of a, um, not a vial, a, 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 a tube oh. of, it's not even a unit. It's, it's, it's a filler, so it's a little bit different, the, the larger needle, but I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm, and they and it lasts anywhere from six months to a year, so I'd only have to do it, I don't know, maybe once a year, maybe once every other year, I don't know, or once every eight months, maybe. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give that to myself for my 40th birthday if I if I have the, the guts to do so. I've also considered, because my neck, listen to me. My mm. neck is already starting to sag a little bit right in the center. And I actually showed the lady where I go and she had, she told me to flex my neck. So I did. And she said, I have this muscle that's pulling at it. And you know, here I go. Like you said, it can be addicting. Once you start doing one thing, it can be really easy to just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I do not want to turn into that person. Uh, but I've considered getting just a little bit of disport put in my neck because she said that just even adding a little bit of disport there would help prevent that from happening. And you'd only have to do it once a year. So, I mean, heck, why not? And then lastly, which I've mentioned on this podcast, something that I've considered since uh, breastfeeding Cameron and since he literally nursed my breast away, <laughs> getting breast implants. <laughs> but as I say all this, like I don't want you to picture this like... <laughs> I don't know, this small, curly-haired, frizzy-haired girl with giant boobs and giant (laughs) lips and, you know, this flat, you know, suctioned face. That is not what I want to be or am going to be. Like, I've told Nick, like, if it ever starts to get ridiculous, like, he has to put me in my place and, and tell me, and I trust that he will do that. And again, with the breast implants, I would not get giant knockers. Like, I'm a tiny person. <laughs> I just would get, I honestly just want boobs. I don't have any boobs. Like, I, I wear a bra to have boobs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So that's the idea there. Just a little bit of something. So maybe I could have like a B cup would be nice. Well, or heck, an A would be nice. I think it's nice that we're having this conversation because you know what I look like and I know what you look like. And I would say that we are both 
very natural looking people. And I don't think, I think people invest in themselves in all sorts of ways. And this is one way that we show self-care. Spoiler alert, we have a whole like series coming up on self-care. But I think there's extremes to all of this stuff. And people know what they see, what's obvious, right? And I, and that's why we, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like, do you have any reservations about sharing this kind of stuff? Because I will tell you, I know for a fact that people do this and their spouses don't even know. So, oh, I'm sorry. Quick question or quick, mm-hmm. quick story. Okay. So okay. I, and I was researching Botox and all that. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it, blah, 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 blah. And I mentioned it to a friend and she must remain anonymous um, <laughs> because she later texted me and said, I couldn't say anything at the time because my husband was right there and he does not know that I get Botox. Oh. He would be so upset if I did. But she said, P.S. By the way, love it. You should totally do it. And you should go to this person. Right. Like, <laughs> um, But she confirmed for me what I already knew, which was that people are doing this all over the place. I mean, we've been over the stats at the beginning of the show. Just because people aren't talking about it doesn't mean they're not doing it, right? It's one of those things, right. as soon as you start to open up about it, people are like, oh, yeah, totes, me too. Um, so I guess just hopefully Gene and I like represent a very moderate approach to all of this stuff and, um, you know, support. Hopefully you have people in your life that support your decisions, right? Like it's yeah. it's not, um, like you said, we're not looking to completely overhaul the way that we look. Um no. And we're doing this for us, not for anyone yes. else, I, I think. And, and and not to say that I need this to, f- to be happy about my body or m- myself like, at all. But I mean, if if I'm able to do it and it's not damaging me or I guess I always think about if it's we are so pro, you know, re- good relationship with food, intuitive eating. And I, I feel kind of weird sitting here saying all these things that we're doing with our body, even though we're so pro, like accept your body how it is, which I think I very much still am. But this is not affecting me psychologically. Like I'm just going in and getting a couple of units of something mm-hmm. in my face and then off I go. And my life is the total, totally the same otherwise. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, but do I think it can maybe later down the road affect my psyche if I start getting addicted to it? Because I do have a tendency to be addicted to stuff like this with like with tanning when I was in high school. I That's why I've, I've kind of asked Nick to kind of help me to put a stop to it if he mm-hmm. thinks it's getting to that point. So I've got my my cautionary, my caution tape ready just in case. Yeah. Do your research. Yeah. So all that to say, I would totally, I'm very interested in researching more about cool sculpting, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> which unlike Gina is a very small person, I am not. Um, <clears throat> and so I think my next like inquiry is really in in finding somebody with a similar shape and size body to me, because I do have this little pooch right above my belly button that I would love to target. And admittedly, between the pooch and bad posture and just being a fluffy person, I, I'm i I'm just honest in saying I don't want to look four months, five months pregnant at all times, right? Like, so that's something somewhere that I would be interested in targeting as well as my upper arms. Those are the places on my body that I'm most just self-conscious of. If I'm just being honest, I want to love them. I'm on that journey. I'm not there. Um, but cool sculpting is very expensive. I was quoted just shy of three thousand dollars. Oh my god! Um, yeah, for several treatments. So it it basically just kills the fat cells in that area. Now here, th- this is the thing though. Other fat cells are still there, and they can. So it's it's not like a weight loss, right? Like you're killing the fat cells, but fat cells has have infinite ability to gain weight, right? So it's not one of those things where 
diet and exercise and all the lifestyle stuff goes out the window, weight gain is still very possible. So it's really like a spot treatment kind of thing. Um, And again, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid completely. I'm just researching. Um, And like I said earlier, I am interested in microneedling on my forehead for those fine lines and wrinkles that are kind of starting. Like not the butt. The butt is a Botox thing. That's a... Right. um, Microneedling would not address that, but really more of the... I would say the anti-aging or the prevention of aging on the forehead is more what microneedling is going to target. Woo! Fun episode. Yes. <laughs> I'm hopefully Nick doesn't listen to this and he hears all the things. Like I, I, he knows most things, but I if he's hearing and like, oh, I want to get lip injections, I want to get breast implants. <laughs> yeah, he probably doesn't need to know about Nicole's pubes or anything like that. Okay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Mom win favorite new product or recipe, Gina. Oh gosh. So I, I didn't have anything, but I just added this. And and th- I haven't even tried this yet. This is so random. I was listening to a podcast about The Bachelor at Katie, which I just started watching, by the way, the, Me too. the season. Okay. Well, she was on a podcast and she was talking about her favorite alcoholic beverage. And this sounded so good. And I'm going to try it at our 4th of July party this year. She said, an IPA of your choice, gin, and grapefruit juice. Have you ever made this before, Nicole? No. Doesn't that sound okay? I it sounds actually quite weird to me. I'm I'm trying to picture it, and I'm like, oh, it sounds terrible. But at the same time, I'm so intrigued. So I did look for a recipe, and it did say I, I found the the ratios, and it was twelve ounces of an IPA, two ounces of gin, two ounces of a of a grapefruit juice. So I'm gonna try that, and I'll get back to you. Grape or grapefruit? I think grapefruit. I heard grapefruit. I think I heard wrong yeah. the first time. Okay, that's much better than grape, which is what I thought I heard. Oh God, grape! Oh God! Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what it has to do with Elvis. Maybe he liked grapefruit. I really don't know. Please report back. Okay, I will. All right. Mine is super random, but I'm just having a love affair with quinoa. Um, I've mm-hmm. been loving quinoa salads that have some type of a fresh fruit and either spinach or kale, and then some type of a cheese, usually goat cheese or feta, and then some type of nut or multiple nuts, and then a dressing. Um I'll post a couple in the show notes. I'm really enjoying them. And then I love taking them for leftovers. Uh, They're the perfect no-cook summer meal. And another spoiler alert, we have an upcoming episode on the topic of no-cook meals, perfect for summer. So um, actually, I'll wait to share links with you then. Drag you along a little bit. So cool. (laughs) Entice them. All right, perfect. Well, coming up on July 11th, we will be dishing about mom guilt and doing an introduction to our monthly self-care series. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. And if you listen on iTunes, as always, please be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, Nicole and everyone, until next time, be well and talk to you soon. Bye, Gina. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.